Friday, March 9th, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City that is Denver, Colorado. Of course, we get together every single weekday, and we talk sports with a dose of common sense. We are very happy to have you with us today. Happy Friday to you. We have made it to another Friday. I hope that in some small way, we have helped you get through your work week as we have now made it through another week and into the weekend. If you'd like to contact us, tell us how it is that you are going to be spending your weekend. We would love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosports at gmail.com, or go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at Daily Dose Sports. We would love to hear from you. Maybe you've got a suggestion. Maybe you have a comment. Maybe you have some feedback for the show. Feel free to send it over to us. We've got a lot to get to today. I've told you before, we have very, very busy Fridays here at the Daily Dose. We've got some breaking news we got to cover. We like to look forward to the weekend and sports, kind of give you an idea of some things that you might want to watch. And of course, as we always do on Fridays, we have our Daily Dose Top 5. You know that you always have to tune in for that. It is another busy Friday here at the Daily Dose. Hey, first and foremost, you know, I told you last week that the NFL Combine has kind of gotten absurd. And we have another example of it this season because it seems that LSU running back Darius Geis was asked some nonsense during his interview portion at the NFL Combine back in Indianapolis this past week. You know, he detailed some of the questions that he was asked on a Sirius XM radio show on Wednesday night. It was pretty crazy, he said. Some people are really trying to get into your head and test your reaction. I go in one room and a team will ask me, do I like men? Just to see my reaction. I go into another room, they'll try to bring up one of my family members or something and tell me, hey, I heard your mom sells herself. How do you feel about that? Seriously? Again, this is a billion dollar business. And this is the kind of stuff that's going on. At what point is there going to be that lawsuit? Like, it feels like it's coming. It feels like it's just a matter of time before we have the lawsuit coming, doesn't it? Doesn't it feel like it's a matter of time before one of these players says, you know what, we're not doing this. Or maybe a player looks at it and says, you know, I don't know if I'm good enough to make it, but I can make some money in a different way. When the NFL gets this interview portion of the combine taken away from them by like the players union or something, let's all go ahead and remember these kind of stupid questions, shall we? Whoever is asking these stupid questions honestly should be fired and banned from the league. This is the lowest common denominator kind of stupid. You couldn't get away with this literally anywhere else. If you ask that at McDonald's, at Walmart, pick a place, you would get fired. You would get sued. There's no way you could do that at the NFL. Again, a multi-billion dollar industry. Yeah, it's okay. It's fine. Doesn't even matter. Because they're just, hey, it's football. That's just how it is. So insanely stupid. Now, I do have a question. Because I have an inquisitive nature. Does the person that asks the question, like, are they going somewhere with it? Or are they just looking for like a facial reaction? Like, what if they're going somewhere and we just kind of dismiss it? Like, do they have a follow-up question if he says yes? Because I'm just kind of picturing the coach asking this. So you like men there, Darius? Yeah, actually, I do. Oh, oh, well, okay. Well, what kind of men? Do you prefer them tall and with dark hair? Because I got a cousin who's single. 
I don't, I don't understand what is going on in these NFL interviews. It doesn't make any sense to me. These football coach types say what you will about their X's nose and how bright they are. And they've got computer minds and masterminds and they understand play calling and they, all these things that they do as a football coach. Not always the brightest, just as a person, just kind of tossing that out there. Some news locally as the Denver Broncos are trading cornerback Akib Tlaib to the Los Angeles Rams for a fifth round pick. Now, this is basically just a salary dump for the Broncos, and I understand it, but I hate getting rid of guys that actually hate to lose. And I know that gets thrown around a lot. Oh, so-and-so hates to lose. There's a lot of players, they honestly don't care. If they get their stats, and they get their playing time, and they get their numbers, they don't care about losing. Say what you will about a keep to leap. And he is a little bit crazy. He will fight to the end because he hates losing. But the Denver Broncos are trying to clear some cap space and Aqib Tlaib was due 11 million bucks. So I get it, but I don't particularly like it. And I realize that the Broncos are trying to accumulate draft picks. Here's the problem. I've seen John Elway's draft picks. They are, what's the word? Cleveland brownish. So that's not necessarily a good thing. Meanwhile, Aqib Tlaib now goes to Los Angeles and gets to play for his former coach, defensive coordinator Wade Phillips again. And he joins a very talented defensive unit. This move easily gives the Rams another solid defensive back. This move also easily gives the Rams the most volatile cornerback tandem in the league, teaming up Aqib Tlaib with Marcus Peters. Here is the question I have for you. Who is going to get thrown out of a game first? A little advice to wide receivers in the NFC West. For those of you who may not know, hide your chains because Aqib Tlaib is coming. The University of Pittsburgh, it seems, has fired basketball coach Kevin Stallings. After just two seasons, the school announced Thursday, Kevin Stallings was hired in 2016 by their former athletic director, Scott Barnes, and he signed a six-year deal after Jamie Dixon left Pittsburgh for TCU. But the Panthers went 16-17. and 17. They were 4-14 and 14 in conference in Stallings' first season. And then, yeah, it actually got worse because they went 8-24 and 24 this year, and they were 0-19 in the ACC. That's kind of tough because you know that Stallings was probably trying to get some recruits for next year or the year after. It's kind of a tough situation, and I don't know if Pittsburgh's the easiest place to win. I will say this. I think Kevin Stallings is probably a guy that needs to be coaching down south. We remember he had some success at Vanderbilt, had them in the tournament a few times. I think he's a good coach, but I think he'll end up going back down south, and I think there's going to be some coaching jobs that open up down there. Maybe even an SEC country, somewhere like Mississippi State comes to mind. I think he's just a better fit for those kinds of kids. I think he's a better fit for that type of style. We'll see where Kevin Stallings ends up, but he will no longer be at the University of Pittsburgh. And finally, staying in Pittsburgh, unlike what he told us at the end of this season, Pittsburgh Steelers running back Le'Veon Bell says he is not going to retire. I know, you're stunned, aren't you? Yeah, Bell told fans doing an Instagram live chat on Wednesday night, he will not miss games if asked to play on a franchise tag for the second consecutive year. The Steelers tagged Bell on Tuesday with a one-year tag worth $14.5 million. The team does own his rights, and both parties have until mid-July to work out 
a long-term deal. Now, Bell skipped training camp last year because he was given the franchise tag then. And he will do that once again this year. It's kind of odd, though, to me. Like, only in professional sports can you miss significant time. And he has missed significant time with injuries, with suspensions, with whatever. Get popped for illegal substances on the job. And still say that 14 and a half million bucks a year is a slap in the face. It's just, I guess that's just where we've gone with professional athletics, isn't it? That somehow he deems that like a slight. You're only going to give me 14 and a half million bucks when I miss time and get suspended sometimes. Come on. You guys have no respect whatsoever. Oh, but make no mistake. He's going to cash that check. Don't you worry about that. That check is going to the bank as soon as he gets it. I'm telling you, we've kind of gone to a weird place in the world of professional sports. Hey, coming back, we will be looking at the coming weekend in sports and let you know what events just might be worth your time. Of course, it seems like every single weekend, there is something for us to watch. And this weekend is no different. We've got a few very, very good things that you're going to want to tune in for. You know, we do this every week. We take a look at some of the upcoming events over the weekend. Because you have a lot to do. We keep you up on the best things to tune in for. And so on Fridays, we like to just kind of lay out the weekend and say, hey, here's some things you kind of might want to mark your calendar, might want to pencil in some space there so that you can be in front of your TV and you can tune in for some of these events. Because like I said, you've got a lot to do. You've got appointments to make. You've got parties to go to. You've got chores to do. All those things. So we just kind of give you a little reminder. "Mm, Here's a few things you might want to tune in for. Might be worth your time. And of course, now, not only are we previewing the games, but we are also picking the games and seeing how we do with our picks every single week. Last week, I told you I was getting more serious about these picks. Last week, I had to kind of get serious, kind of buckle down, kind of get after a little bit. This past week, last Friday, I made 11 picks and I went nine and two. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, I'll be here all week. Try the veal. Make sure to tip your waitresses. It's not easy. It's not easy to pick these games. It's not like we just go down the list and just pick the favorites every time. We pick some upsets. But we make these picks for you. So if you would like some free money, enjoy these picks. I'm not saying anyone out there is gambling. I'm just saying, you know, you could like tell your friends, hey, I think so-and-so's going to win because I listen to the Daily Dose and that's just kind of what I think. Enjoy these picks. Like I said, gamble at your own risk. Because this isn't easy to do. We we do it for you. We try to help you. So get ready again this week to make some serious money or whatever it is we're going to say that you're going to do with these picks. And by the way, if I get them all wrong, forget I said anything. Remember, all times given for our picks are mountain time. So make sure that you adjust accordingly. Now, once again, don't forget, we are going to have NCAA basketball conference tournaments going all weekend, both in the men and in the women including the Atlantic 10, the ACC, the Big 12, the Big East, the Pac-12, and the SEC. There are also a few other smaller conference tournaments that will be going as well. If you are a fan of a bubble team that you're not sure if they are going to be making the tournament, you do have a rooting interest in those small conference tournaments. You might not realize it, but you do. Because you need the season champs to win just to use up less of those at-large bids. So if you are a fan of a team 
You're not sure if they're going to make it or not. You need to be watching these little tournaments and cheering for the season champ to get in because what if they don't make it and they still get in and then the conference tournament winner gets in as well. That takes up one more spot. So you might not realize it, but you might have a rooting interest in some of those small conference tournaments. Keep that in mind. Also, Indian Wells does run this weekend and Serena Williams is making her return to tennis after her childbirth that ended up being an emergency C-section with some major complications. We'll see how Serena does coming back to a scene that has gotten much, much tougher than it was when she left. Again, we just kind of have to see where those games are. Tune in here and there, and you may just find a very, very good conference tournament game, or you might, like I said, find something there with Indian Wells going this weekend. Okay, let's get to the actual games themselves and some things for you to watch. I'll warn you ahead of time. It is NBA heavy, and we do have a couple of fights to tune in for. At 5.30 tonight, the hottest team in the NBA will be playing, and you know, they just keep rolling along. The Houston Rockets have now won 17 games in a row. I mean, the Rockets can beat you in a number of different ways. They do play a ton of isolation basketball, and they are very, very good at it. They shoot a ton of threes. We've talked about that before. And you know, Houston isn't known for their defense, but they are actually one of the most efficient defensive teams in the league. Now, tonight at 5.30, Houston goes to Toronto, another team that knows something about efficiency. The Toronto Raptors are fifth in offensive efficiency and second in defensive efficiency. Here's the question that I always ask about Toronto. Could this be the year the Raptors finally do anything in the postseason like they have to at some point don't they that is a team that is better than it has been the last few years they've added a few more pieces can Toronto finally win a few games over there in the east we're gonna see I will take Houston on the road but it won't surprise me to see Toronto and that winning streak because Toronto is playing very very good basketball and as we know they do most of their winning during the regular season later tonight at 8 p.m we've got a must-see tv matchup It's kind of funny because looking at the NBA this year, we are kind of sleeping a little bit on Golden State. Just a little bit, aren't we? With all of the talk about Houston and all of the talk, of course, about LeBron and Cleveland and all the talk about Boston, we kind of forget about the Warriors who are just chugging along, winning game after game after game. No, they still don't have much of a bench. And they probably aren't quite as hungry as some of these other teams are, but Golden State still has more than anyone else. Someone is going to have to prove me wrong on that. Now, Golden State goes to another team tonight that we tend to forget about because the Portland Trailblazers are rolling since the All-Star break. They have won eight games in a row, and they're doing it with their defense. And you know who Portland started this win streak by beating? That's right. These same Golden State Warriors. We have offense versus defense Warriors versus Blazers tonight at 8 p.m. I will take the Warriors on the road, but that will be a tough game. Portland will play them very, very tough. Moving forward to tomorrow. Now, during the day, there's going to be a ton of conference tournament games to watch. There's not a whole lot else to watch during the day, so make sure you're tuning into some of these conference tournaments because you're going to see some wild, crazy, March Madness type of finishes. Should be very, very fun to watch. But as far as actual scheduled games that I can give you, We don't really have anything until 6.30 tomorrow night. But then we've got what could be a decent game as the San Antonio Spurs go to Oklahoma City to take on the Thunder. Now, I know it didn't make the front pages 
because it's not quite as juicy. It's not quite as sexy. But the rumor is that Kawhi Leonard says he is very, very close to returning from his injury that has kept him off the court most all of this year and has caused some controversy. And is he mad at the Spurs? And are the Spurs mad at him? And are they going to deal him? Is he going to stay there? Hey, the Spurs could use Kawhi back desperately. They are starting to show some age. They have been struggling down the stretch. Do you realize that the San Antonio Spurs have won just three games of their past 10? That is so unspurs-like of them. Meanwhile, with Oklahoma City, Russell Westbrook is starting to play basketball that looks more like last year's Russell Westbrook than this year's. I think he's kind of looking at Paul George and Carmelo and just saying, hey, I've tried to feed you guys. I've tried to get you guys going. You guys aren't doing anything. I'm just going to take over and forget it. Russell Westbrook is actually closing in on 100 career triple doubles. That's amazing. Now, both of these teams are slumping a little bit. So one of them is going to have to step up and get a win that they desperately need. These two teams are still battling for position in the Western Conference. They can't afford to just keep losing. San Antonio versus Oklahoma City, both of them struggling down the stretch. Who can step up and get a win on this night? Now, I'm looking at this game. And I'm just going, you know, the Thunder playing at home. The Spurs are struggling. Kawhi's not back yet. The Thunder should absolutely win this game, shouldn't they? Of course. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Spurs to win on the road on Saturday night. Now, we do have a few fights on Saturday night on Showtime that are actually pretty decent. The main event on Showtime Saturday night is Sergey Lipinets versus Mikey Garcia, a 12-round fight for Lipinets' IBF Junior welterweight title. Now, if you haven't seen Mikey Garcia fight, he's a pretty good boxer. He's 37-0, and he is as skilled of a boxer as you will see fighting right now. He's very, very good. He's won titles at 126, at 130, at 135, and now he is going up and trying to get one at 140. Now, if he can hang at this weight, I would think... Mikey Garcia can start to target some bigger named welterweights that are out there, but he has to get by this fight first. And while Sergey Lipinets is just 13 and 0, he has the kind of punching power that could give you some major problems if you're not ready for it. He can hit. We have seen him knock a few guys out. This has a chance at least to be a pretty decent fight on Saturday night. I will take Garcia to just outbox Lipinets, but he better come in on top of his game because if he gets caught, he could be in trouble. I think Mikey Garcia is just the better fighter of the two. On the undercard of this fight, we have another fight that again could be kind of a sneaky good fight because these two have fought before. Rancis Bartholomew versus Kirill Relic, a 12-round fight for a vacant WBA junior welterweight title. And like I said, this could be a pretty good fight because these two fought last May. And while Bartholomew won a close decision, both fighters actually got knocked down during the fight. Neither of these fighters has fought since. So a rematch makes perfect sense because the first one was very, very good and very, very competitive. Now, Bartholomew is 26-0. He is the more skilled fighter. But I'm telling you, Kirill Relic is a tough guy. He won't look pretty. He won't be that slick. But he will battle and he will try to make things ugly. I'll take Bartholomew in this fight, but it could be interesting. On Sunday, got a few things that might be worth your time on Sunday. First off, 1.30 p.m., we have the Phoenix 500 as the Monster Energy Tour rolls into Phoenix 
And Kevin Harvick is red hot. First, he finished ninth at Daytona. Then Harvick won Atlanta. And then he won Vegas last week. Back-to-back wins for Kevin Harvick. Yes, I know, NASCAR penalized him for an illegal rear window and for an illegal rocker panel. They docked him points and they fined his pit crew chief 50000 bucks. But hey, if you aren't cheating in NASCAR, then you're not trying hard enough. And even if you are cheating, NASCAR's cheating too. They're staging yellow flags and putting restrictor plates on your car. And I mean, where do you think that these racers learned their cheating ways? Who taught you how to do this stuff? You, all right? I learned it by watching you. So, I mean, if you want to watch some racing, tune into the Phoenix 500, 1.30 on Sunday afternoon. At 2 p.m., we've got a couple more hot teams in the NBA. And, of course, there are a couple hot teams in the West because the West is just playing crazy right now. The New Orleans Pelicans have bizarrely been playing their best basketball since Boogie Cousins got injured. Anthony Davis has the New Orleans Pelicans on a 10-game winning streak. If this team had a solid point guard, I'm telling you, they could contend for it all. Still don't like their guard situation enough to pick them over someone like Golden State or Houston. But if they had decent guards, they would be right there. Now, they will be facing the Utah Jazz. Eh, Jazz are kind of struggling for a playoff spot, right? You might not realize this. The Utah Jazz have won 16 of their last 18 games. That doesn't even make sense. Hey, the Western Conference is absolutely crazy right now with just the hot teams over there. This is a nice game. I will take the Pelicans at home, but this should be a very, very entertaining game. At 4 p.m. on Sunday, we have the thing that I am looking forward to the most this entire weekend. The College Basketball Selection Show. Who is going to get the top seeds in the tournament? Where will your favorite teams be seeded? Who will get left out? What matchups do we have? You know, the funny thing about the college basketball selection, so the funny thing about this tournament just in general is that we always seem to find these matchups where it's like a former coach going against his former team or a former assistant coaching against his former boss or former player going and playing a team that he transferred from. It's just amazing how those things work out. We know that the selection committee says they don't do any of those things. We just seed all the way through. Yeah, it's just magical how those things just seem to happen every single season. You want to talk about serendipity? Look no further than the college basketball selection show. But I'm very, very interested to see who gets in, who gets left out, and where everyone is sitting for the NCAA tournament that begins next week. That should be a lot of fun on Sunday afternoon. Finally, our final game of the weekend that I will say might be worth your time to tune in for. And no, it's not a great matchup. It's not between two red hot teams, but it could be interesting because at 7 p.m. on Sunday night, the Cleveland Cavaliers go to Los Angeles to face the Los Angeles Lakers. Hey, this isn't a great matchup. It's not between red hot teams, but the Lakers have been playing better lately. Lonzo Ball is shooting the ball extremely well. The Cavs' defense should allow him to have some more open looks because that's just what they do. So that trend could continue. Plus, I mean, it's going to be kind of fun to watch LeBron like checking out the arena, taking in the sights as he's considering moving there in the offseason, right? Like looking over at the home side. Oh, yeah, you guys' locker room looks pretty nice. Yeah, that'll be nice if I go there next year. Plus, we do get the Cavs versus Isaiah. 
We do get Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nash Jr. versus the Lakers. Hey, that's not too bad for two teams that are kind of struggling down the stretch. That's as must-see TV as you can get, right? I will take the Cavs on the road. Don't feel real confident in that pick, though. Hey, coming back, we will get to our Daily Dose Top 5. Like I just talked about, the NCAA tournament should be wide open as we have some good teams, but probably not great teams. And it won't be the first time by any means that that has been the case. We have seen some teams with a number of losses win the title. Not just get in, but win the title. But which team had the most losses and still managed to win a championship? Just a quick reminder that if you have any shopping to do, you might want to head over to LootCrate.com forward slash Daily Dose where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles featuring your favorite TV shows, movies, and video games. March's Loot Crate theme is called Playback, and it features items from Back to the Future, Sonic the Hedgehog, Dungeons and Dragons, and The Simpsons. The best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, make sure you type Daily Dose into the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order. And as usual, you go over to Loot Crate, you can just order individual items, but you can also get a full crate, or you can get a monthly subscription of crates. Make sure you stop by LootCrate.com and check out some of the great things they have going on over there. Now, as we do every single week, we have got to get to a staple of our show, the Daily Dose Top 5. You never know what we might be counting down. This week, the NCAA tournament is going to be seeded this weekend, and while I think there are some good teams, I'm pretty sure there probably aren't any great teams in this whole thing. Virginia, Villanova, Xavier, Michigan State, Duke, they all have some very talented players. But they also all have some flaws to their games, and they could be beaten on any given night. Yet, when we look at these teams, their records are all pretty similar. They all have lost anywhere from two to six or seven games, right? That's not uncommon. We have actually seen teams win it all with more losses than that. In fact, here is our Daily Dose Top 5, the NCAA champions that have had the most losses when they won it all. Number five on our list. Now, we all recognize the point guard on this team, but it was actually the emergence of his supporting cast that helped the Indiana Hoosiers win it all in 1981. They were led by sophomore point guard Isaiah Thomas. The Hoosiers knocked off number one seed LSU in the Final Four and then went on to beat Dean Smith's North Carolina Tar Heels in the championship game. Thomas led the Hoosiers in scoring with 16 points a game, but he got help from guys like Randy Whitman, Ray Tolbert, and Landon Turner. The Hoosiers won it all despite losing nine games during the season, including back-to-back losses, not just once during the season, but twice. Somehow, Bobby Knight screamed his team to a 26-9 and record and his second title at the time. That's number five on our list. Moving on to number four. The 1997 Arizona Wildcats, you know, they looked like anything but a title contender coming down the final stretch of the Pac-12 conference season. Yes, they had a ton of talent. They had Mike Bibby. They had Jason Terry, Michael Dickerson, and Miles Simon. But the Wildcats lost seven of their final 16 games. Somehow, Lute Olsen got this group playing excellent in the tournament. No, they weren't dominant. They actually needed overtime to win not just one game, but two, and they almost needed it for another. They actually won the national championship game in overtime over Kentucky. But hey, in this tournament, 
you don't get points for being pretty. Arizona got it done despite losing nine games during the regular season. They finished the year 25-9. and Moving on to number three, NCAA champions with the most losses in a single season. We all remember number three because the Villanova Wildcats were a number eight seed. They won the tournament in 85. They upset Patrick Ewing and the Georgetown Hoyas with a nearly perfect game in the championship. What we kind of forget is that the Wildcats had already played Georgetown twice. They lost by two points and they lost by seven points. So everyone kind of knew they could play the Hoyas. Now, we also might forget that Harold Jensen, Dwayne McLean, Gary McLean, Ed Pinckney, and Harold Presley had gone just 9-7 and seven in the Big East that year. They actually finished with 10 losses on the season. But don't forget, that Big East was stacked. Now, we may see a team this season win it all that has a few losses. But were those losses against good competition? Because Villanova's were in 1985. They come in at number three on our list, finishing the year at 25 and 10. Moving on to number two. If there is ever an example of a team just getting hot during the tournament and riding that heat to a title, it is the 1983 North Carolina State Wolfpack. They were solid during the season, but they lost 10 games and not all of them were the top competition. They got swept by an average Maryland team. Wake Forest beat them by 20. But that's the magic of March Madness. When North Carolina State slipped past Pepperdine and UNLV in the first two rounds, their confidence started building. They blew out Utah. They snuck past Virginia. And suddenly, North Carolina State was in the Final Four. They beat Georgia. And when they got that miracle dunk from Lorenzo Charles... He has his three guards in there now as Gannon's in there with Wittenberg and Lowe. Down to 25 seconds. Dangerous pass. This is a really interesting strategy by Houston. They're aggressive now. Not staying back. Well, remember they have a team in there for, to block anything that goes inside. Down to 14 seconds. Oh, almost stolen by Drexler. They, Boy, is he good at they've that. They've got a drive to the basket. It's down to seven seconds. You can see the time. Wittenberg. Oh, it's a long way. A team with double-digit losses won the title. North Carolina State comes in at number two with a 26-10 and 10 record. They lost 10 times. So which team has lost more games on their way to a championship than any other team in history? I guess it probably stands to reason that it would be a team with a few less weapons than most teams have had, doesn't it? Well, this team basically had one weapon. That's it. But it was a good weapon, and he carried them all the way to a title in 1988. Now, if I give you a team with Scooter Berry, Otis Livingston, Milt Newton, and a sophomore big man named Mark Randall, you could probably predict you're going to lose a few games. But if I throw in one Danny Manning, that changed everything. Because while we might remember the Danny Manning that had bad knees in the NBA, the Kansas Jayhawks version of Danny Manning was incredible. Manning could do it all. He could handle. He could pass. He could shoot. He could rebound. He could drive. He was being compared to Magic Johnson. And with good reason. Manning was averaging 25 points, 9 rebounds, and 2 assists for the season. And in the tournament, he actually bumped up that scoring average to 27 points per game. Danny and the Miracles got revenge 
for some of the losses they had suffered during the season. They beat Kansas State, they beat Duke, and they beat Oklahoma on their way to the championship. All three of those teams had beaten them during the regular season. The Kansas Jayhawks in 1988 come in at number one with a 27-11 and 11 record. They lost 11 times on their way to a title. Now, the March Madness brackets come out on Sunday, and the tournament will begin next week, and this should be a wide-open tournament. No one is unbeatable. Everyone has at least two losses, and that isn't uncommon. It's far more the norm than when we do have a heavyweight. Sure, we've had the UCLA's. We've had the Dukes, the North Carolinas, the Kentuckys that were the heavy favorites. But most years, it's just like this. There's six, eight, maybe ten teams that could get hot and could win the whole thing. And that is what makes this tournament so great. The World Series might be boring. The NBA Finals might be a sweep. And we have seen plenty of Super Bowl blowouts. But March Madness lives up to the hype every single year. And it's going to again this year. That's just what it does. Hey, it is Friday, and we have made it through another week. Next week, of course, we will be getting you ready for March Madness like no other. Need help filling out your brackets? Never fear. We will have you covered. And then the madness will get started, and we will be covering that too. Hey, I want to thank all of you for listening to The Daily Dose every day. I hope you are enjoying the show. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for reaching out, and thank you for sharing the show. It is all very, very appreciated. Have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all next week. Have a great weekend.